they still think it's a value, even if you're charging a high number because they're getting a great product. People will always pay for greatness. Hi, David. Hi, Nick. How you doing, man? Good. Nice to see you. What's the weather like in Miami? Is it 78 and sunny as usual? I mean, it's just fantastic here. We're in the 70s. There's not a cloud in the sky. The rest of the world is kind of shut down and Miami is just really open right now. Right. So that's a great segue to this conversation. So for those of you who don't know David, and you probably do already, I've known David for a while, but the one thing about this man is forget his accomplishments for a second. What David does, and, I, and I'm going to say this is probably his secret to his success, is he always makes you feel special, whether you're talking to him one-on-one -on -one or in a group. And he always makes you feel like you're the only person in the world. And that is probably the cornerstone of of the service or customer service industry, whether you're the CEO or whether you're greeting people at the front or whether you are, you know, mopping the floor. And this idea, um, you know, of, of being service first is what David is all about. Because whenever I've met him, he's he's a very well-known guy. He's a celebrity and he's also a business owner. But whether he's talking to his one of his best friends, Kim Kardashian, or he's talking to a guest at the restaurant. Um, it's always the same. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying that because I've seen it in action. So this is David Grutman, who's a nightclub and entertainment in press area. And, and restaurant, restaurant, restaurants, lots of restaurants. Lots of restaurants. I apologize, David. You ne I never know. What, I know you're, listen, you're at your tennis pro. You're up to everything. You're, and, uh, and a hotelier. We're opening April 1st. Yeah, so, so exciting. So, so David, your business, Groot Hospitality, how did it start? What was your dream? What, what happened? I mean, for me, I, I I wanted to have a hospitality company that was kind of a collective of just really amazing places that kind of created with their own ecosystem. They all fed each other. So, you know, whether it's a coffee shop or a restaurant, nightclub, and now hotel, I want to be that touching point for you when you come to Miami. But, but if you look at where you are now, what, what along the way led you on this path? Because I, listen, we all, anyone who's been a successful entrepreneur always had dreams, right? You had dreams or you, you had a, in your mind, you had a vision board and you thought of what you wanted to be. How, how did you, from your first vision of Groot Hospitality, where you are now, what, what are the main things that you think drive you, got you there, get, get you here and where you're going to go? For me, it's always, I want to do a bigger deal. As soon as we do something that's big, I want to go bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I think that this is like our time. We're like an athlete. Uh, and I think if I don't grow now, there's not going to be a time later. I'm 46 years old. It's like, this is, I have to drive, drive, drive. And did I have a vision board and all that kind of stuff? Nick, between me and you, I would have never envisioned in a million years that I would be able to be able to be able to do what I do on this kind of level. Yeah. It's funny you say that David, because I, uh, um, I mean, you don't, you don't totally know my background. Cause we, I mean, we we're, we're friends, but we're not super close friends yet, but the, I, I, I completely agree with you. Close friends, Nick. I, 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 you're someone I would call if I had an issue well, that, and I do call when I have an issue. Yeah. That's it's it's, it, so many I love, I love that David. And it's funny you say that about, you know, not looking back. And I, I think of it this way always, because I think of where I am and I think of all the decisions I had to make to get here and how much anxiety and emotion I had. But now when I look back, I see that path as clear as day. And I everywhere I turn right, I was supposed to turn right. But I remember when I decided to turn right or left, it was such a crazy decision. But now I'm like, dude, so, so obvious, right? And I like, because I'm the same way. I, I always knew I'd be doing something. I didn't know I'd be doing this. 
Are you the same? Right. Like you, you knew, I mean, listen, I always felt like I could be a leader and I could be that person to, to kind of take control. I've always wanted to be in that leadership position. There's no question. Did I think uh, I would be able to obtain what I've been able to attain? Probably not. If you would have asked me as a young boy growing up in Naples, Florida, with a bunch of retirees around you, would I be nightlife, hospitality, restaurants? Never. Right. I was supposed to go do title insurance. Thank God that didn't happen. But listen, I think you find your own path. And, and through that, you, you find what kind of resonates with you, what you become passionate about. And if you're not, if, if you don't really trust yourself to kind of take that road, then that's kind of on you. Well, what, what are those seminal moments or people where you, because we've all had them, right? Where you're like, uh, you, maybe you, don't, you lack confidence, you don't know. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that, this is obvious. What, what, give, give us a, a nugget of what a seminal moment or a person that, that helped you. I mean, I've had, you know, knock on wood, I've had so many great people help me throughout my career and continue to help me throughout my career. I mean, when I started off as a bartender at the Sofer's restaurant in the Aventura Mall, and I met Jeff Sofer, who's, who owns the Found Below, who's my partner on Live, and, and funded me to do story and uh, believed in me back then to keep the relationship going all these years is amazing. Uh, Noah Tepperberg has been a big part of my success, a guy that owns Tao and Marquee and and all those places to be able to have that counterpart, to be able to call him 10 times a day and say, what do you think about this? Have you seen this? Did this DJ do well? Where's this whale of a client at? You know, like it's a, it's a, it's a great way to be able to bounce things off. And I've had great people that work in work with me and my company that have been able to really, really help with my, my success. That's amazing. Yeah. And for those of you, you people probably know who Jeff Sofer is, but that's a, I mean, Jeff Sofer is a, very successful, wealthy family, um, you know, and I've, I've met Jeff as well. And yeah, I, I feel the same way that whenever I meet Jeff, it's like this, he's a, he's a very genuine guy and you, and you wouldn't know he is, he's done what he do, has done um, from your first impression, right? Because he's just such a, he's a humble guy. And that's, that's amazing. And for those who are listening, you can see what Dave's talking about there is he's, people have sent the elevator back down for David and now he's going up and he's sending it back down because they see it. Because David, tell us about your, I mean, you're, you're, you're now a professor. You're teaching a class. What, what, what is that all about? Yeah, I, I thought it was, an, you know, the hospitality, FIU hospitality, the, the Chaplain School of Hospitality at FIU came to me. They said, listen, we have the number one hospitality school, maybe one of the, in the country and internationally, we're everywhere. And we just don't think people really know us as us. We wanted to see what you could do to help us push us. And I said, why don't I teach a class? Because I've always wanted to teach a class. And I think it's important for people that are coming out of college to know all the things that I was never taught or, or to see somebody in, in real time, right? Not 20 years after I retire and then I go, oh, let me go teach. Real time, right? This is kind of like, this is really, I'm, I'm in it. I'm on the streets. I mean, this is, this is my in and out day. And to take that time and, and be able to give back that way, it's been so rewarding for myself and my team. Um, plus, they offered me a doctorate if I did it again. So I'm doing it again starting in March. When everybody says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You can wait till fall. It doesn't matter. And I say, that's when we do it, right? When everyone says no, that's when you say yes. And I think it's important that these kids know that how important they are coming out of school, especially in, in my industry. When I, when, I was, when I started, there was no college for it. There was no hospitality school. We kind of learned everything now. And I was 
I, I don't really want to be someone's mentor, but for me, if I could be able to share some of the information and, and challenges I've had with people coming out of school now, hopefully they won't make it and they stay on the path. That's great. That's great advice. Cause I, I've always, uh, one of my mentors early on told me, Nick, when they expect you to zig, you should zag. And that's generally, that, that's because they're not expected. And then for everyone else listening to just think of this. So this is a, you know, this is a man who was a bartender who mopped floors, who, who, who put, who put bottles away before he popped bottles. Right. And that, that was the, that was the lesson for me too, because I started working retail selling shoes when I was 16. And I, for 11 years, I unpacked shoe boxes and put them on shelves. So I understand that customer connectivity. And so you understand that that's why you can be where you are today. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've worked every job, right. From bartending to server, to host, to manager to general manager to everything so the great part about doing going about it that way is i've learned every position so I, I i don't have to be handcuffed by anyone who says well i'll just leave okay well then leave i'll do the job myself and it's a different kind of leadership when they all know that you'll, you're able to do the job yourself and yet you, listen they say great leaders have high eq and empathy and what that allows you to do is you, you have you have empathy when you when you know if a uh, if a uh, a front you know a, a greeter is swamped you can go to them and say, okay, here's why you're swamped. Okay. You're not really swamped. You're not, you're, you're not working smart enough. And here's why, because I can show you, cause I've done this before. So you can either say, you know what, there's the door, or you can say, let me help you. I'm going to show you a couple of times. If after a couple of times you don't get it, then I'm going to show you the door. Right. Right. I'm one of those guys that loves to lead by lead by example. And like, if you don't pick it up, you don't pick it up. I'm not really the best at sitting to, to be completely honest, sitting there going over and over and over again. If you don't get it, you don't get it. We got to, we got to move on. But yes, I feel like it's very important that they see you doing, doing it as well. And you lead by that example and that they all have the tools to be able to do their jobs. I think that's a major thing that companies, especially in my business, you know, they try to skimp on having enough plates or creamers or silverware or this or glass or whatever it is. You know, they don't really give, you have to give everyone the, the tools for success. And I think that's a big part of it. That, that's a, it's a small point, but it's a great point. If any of you have ever dined or been to David's establishments, I think of the times that I've gone with my wife, Jocelyn, to Swan or Komodo. And, and even when David's not there or they don't know that you're a friend of David, if I, to me, a measure of a restaurant, this is a crazy, crazy thing, is, is the quality and size of their condiments. And I always know, and it's a funny thing, and that's what Dave is talking about. You don't, you don't want to screw around things. If I, if I get a, the, this special Caesar from Swan and I want, uh, I want side dressing, it's like immediate and it comes on a plate and there's tons of it, right? With this idea that David has said to his people, listen, that, the, the cost of that dressing was 20 cents. Make this man happy, right? Because it, it, right. he's going to come back and think about that. So it's just a minor thing that probably trickles down of, of giving, giving that if he had said to his servers, listen, our margin on that is not great. Don't give them extra dressing. Big, big mistake. Right, David? Listen, you could charge whatever it is, but if, as long as they feel like it's, it, it's quality, I think. And it's, it's a win for them. It's not, I, I think people always say, oh, I want to have like a, a, a restaurant, but the, the price are super low. But if you're using great ingredients and you're giving a great product, they still think it's a value, even if you're charging a high number because they're getting a great product. People will always pay for greatness. Yeah, you listen to that, to that people, that, that is the sign of an entrepreneur when they understand the difference between cost and value. A brand new Rolls Royce is expensive. 
but a brand new Rolls Royce for $150,000 is value, right? You're getting value. It's all, it's all relative to what you, if you, if you get a tomahawk, a tomahawk steak, the best cut in the world for $40, that's great value. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm on that best tomahawk steak at, at, a, at a much higher price. Yeah, no, no, but, but Dave, what, what, you, yeah, I think you know what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, there's right. a difference I'm saying, between- listen, you could charge, listen, you charge accordingly and, but make sure people feel like it's, it's a value. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So t- let's talk about Prince for a second. What, what you're doing with Prince is amazing. You're not only playing. Tennis- you're welcome. You're welcome, Nick. Yeah. Listen, I, every day, every day I, b- I bow down to the greatness of David Grutman every day. So no, guy, what a great experience it's been for Prince. Uh, one of the greatest in my life. Oh, good. That's amazing. And you listen, I've never seen a more, <laughs> I've seen them all. I've never seen a more ardent promoter of a brand and a promoter of, of the strategically of the brand. Um, David is a partner with us in owning Prince and it's been amazing for us from a, uh, an off court and an on court perspective. And I, and I thank you every day for that, David. It's, and by the way, as we know that we're, we're, we're probably at, uh, not even the first inning. We're at the first at bat in Prince, I think. It's crazy. The brand is on fire right now. And for me, it's so rewarding because it's a, it's a heritage brand, as we both know. It's a brand that so many people besides myself had a moment of time with in their childhood, in their teen, you know. And I think it's such an aspirational, cool American brand, right? I think that's what's so important about it. And for me, to be able to be part of the, of the, the next generation of Prince has been so rewarding. But you still understanding that there's a heritage and there's a 50 year iconic brand there that's that needs to be taken care of. And uh, so many new people are discovering Prince through the off court and on court. And now I get to now other generations get to have that moment of time with the brand. I think that's what's so important. Okay, I love it, David. Listen, I know you and I are both swamped. So um, tell us about I mean, you you kind of half made a joke when we started saying, you know, Florida's open for business, but probably in the world, Florida might be the center where it's, there's a level of uh, whatever normal is, there's a level of normalcy. I mean, you know, I, I might, we have a place down there, so we're down there quite a bit and we see it where people are being safe, but yet they're still kind of living their lives. So let's assume for a second, whatever the new normal is, what's happening after we all get vaccinated? What do you think in, in your industry? Listen, I, I think it's, you know, everyone says it's going to be the roaring 20s again. And yeah, people have been a, a, a built up thing to go out. You're seeing it a lot more in Miami because the whole world's moving here right now. The mayor's done an insane job by, by, by bringing tech to Miami. Um, people in mayor the hospitality here. Yeah. You know, Mayor Francis Suarez has gone full blast to move all of San Francisco, Silicon Valley, everyone down here, and it's working. Yeah. What he's doing for our city is incredible. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just in awe because for me, I don't just care about my place. I care about Miami. And to have a mayor like that, that's so focused to bring these new jobs and, and, a, and a new workforce to Miami is amazing. Oh, that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay, David, yeah, do, you have any, do you have any uh, thoughts or questions for me? You know, Nick, one thing I always love to ask you is by, you know, I have multiple brands and you have 1 million brands. Sure. How, how, and everyone's like, how do you keep track of all your different brands and the DNA of each one? For me, that's what's important to make sure. How do you, how do you keep the DNA and the essence of each brand so it's not all the same? Yeah, it's a great question, David. And I think 
the best way to describe it is we buy terrific brands with broken models around them, right? It, so either the way it was distributed or marketed wasn't there, but the brand itself, the DNA is still terrific. It's nostalgic. The value can be unlocked or re-unlocked. So what we do is we make sure of the you know 30 plus great brands we own, that essence or brand DNA, distill it down to a couple of lines, right? Because if, if you can't, to me, if you can't talk about Nautica in an elevator pitch, because you and I are great at elevator pitches, right? If you right. can't talk about what, the, if someone says, what am I going to experience at live? I know you, yeah, you can talk for hours on it, but you can also say, but this is what you're going to experience. And they're going to be like, oh, I, I got goosebumps, I'm in. So what we do is we make sure that DNA is distilled or that essence distilled down to a couple of sentences. And then whatever we do, that is pinned on your cubicle wall. Do not differ from, if what you're doing does not support that, do not do it. And then, then kind of the sky's the limit because you know what your experience is, what, you know what your, your clients expect when they come to your restaurants. So do give them what they expect, but always go back to that story all the time. So that, that's how we do it. Love it. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome, David. All right, guys. Great, great hanging with you, Nick. Thank you so much. Hey, pal. Thanks. See you. Bye, guys. Bye. -bye.